0: Broadcasting from the bottom of the canal, this is RFGRadioFreeGowanus.org. Welcome to the third episode of the Radio Free Gowanus podcast. In late September, I started hearing about artists being evicted from their studios in a certain building on 2nd Avenue and 9th Street in Gowanus. Gowanus is generally zoned as manufacturing. These days, what that means is small businesses, small manufacturers, and artist studios are more common in Gowanus than residential spaces, like apartment buildings. I've had an artist studio in this neighborhood since 2006 and originally rented a space in the same building that is currently being cleared out. I was lucky enough to find another space in 2010, also in Gowanus. However, hundreds of artists and small businesses are currently looking for a new place to do their work. The news spread through the Gowanus artist community quickly and became a major issue for many of us during this October's Gowanus Open Studios. I managed to get Abby Subak, director of Arts Gowanus, which organizes the annual event, to join me on the WBAI morning show to talk about the evictions.
1: I mean, it's all happening in a larger context where Gowanus very rapidly has become a real estate mecca. where the prices have become very speculative and absolutely soared and become prohibitive for normal folks to participate in the real estate market in Gowanus. When I say that's happened rapidly, five years ago, when I first got my art studio in Gowanus, it it was an empty neighborhood except for the artists and the industrialists and the manufacturing that was happening on happening there. In fact, if I was at my studio late at night, I used to text my husband, I'm leaving now, I'm going straight up Union Street, I'm turning right, I'm turning left, if I'm not home in five minutes, come find me. The speculative real estate market has caused a real problem because what has been there has been manufacturing. The whole reason we even have it as a canal rather than a marshland anymore is because of the industrial revolution and wanting to have places to make things in this country. You have this full spectrum from heavy industry to light industry to lighter industry to handmade furniture and handmade products all the way up to the fine arts and painting um, and fiber arts. And many of the individuals and the people who work in Gowanus are really working at different points, several points along that spectrum. So you might have somebody who's a fine artist who's also hand-building ironworks, hand-building furniture, and might also have a business that's a little bit heavier manufacturing. Um, And that happens again and again and again throughout the community. And it's created a really tight community of makers, creatives, and artists that work together and support each other. This particular building that has come up recently is one of the largest concentrations of artists in Gowanus. We mentioned 200 to 250 studios in the building. Often artists share studios. Some of these studios have up to six people in them. So we're really talking about hundreds of individuals who are being impacted. Um, is there hope? I think uh, Mike and I are probably sitting here in the studio because we have hope. <laughs> you yeah, have to yeah. have hope. Um I think I am an optimist. Mm -hmm. I'm optimistic for New York City overall, and certainly for Gowanus. We have to find a solution. One of the reasons I'm optimistic is because exactly what you say, um, artists move into a neighborhood, and that's an indicator of something. I think what it indicates when people then want to live around artists and businesses want to be around artists I think what it indicates is that we as a society value that. And we know deep in our core that we want to be around that creative energy. Yeah. Unfortunately, the reality of living in a capitalist world is that it's the money that then makes the decision. And we as a society end up suffocating and destroying exactly what we love about it. So I think... I have hope because I think we can recognize that as a society and find ways to protect that creative energy and protect that spirit in neighborhoods in New York City and keep that. We... um, consider ourselves a cultural hub new york city is a cultural hub we have tons of exhibiting spaces and museum spaces and those are a very important aspect the thing that we have to recognize is that we're not going to have that art and vitality if we don't also have the artists and to keep the artists we need artists work spaces the foundation but
0: i think it's important uh, point to also uh, highlight the, the party on the 16th um, on this Douglas Friday, Street this Friday, this Friday. and uh, I think there will be sort of a gathering and a, a way that people can come and be in solidarity with the artists uh, from that building mm-hmm. um, and you know that, that would be the place to, to come to do that
2: yeah. and alright thank you so much for joining us here on the WBAI Morning
0: us. Show. And thank you guys
1: for your good work <laughs>
0: Thank you The week before Abby had held a meeting with some of the artists from the building in order to figure out what could be done we talked about ways to raise awareness of the issues. Should we protest? What good would it do? What were the other artists doing? I don't
1: wanna rattle around something that's not there, but I do feel like we all care about it and I do feel like we could make something of this. So maybe like in my mind what was popping up as you said that is almost like you have the rally, but you actually have like as simple as cardboard cutouts or you have like taped outlines of artists on the wall with the paintbrush and it's like these are all the people who would be here but they have to be packing up their studio and moving right now and these are all the people who can't be artists anymore because they lost their studio and then around that...
0: I was going to do a chunk outline
1: I've been coming to the studio for about seven years
3: and the neighborhood used to be so forbidding and so unpalatable but we all still came because this was a community and it was a good place to work. And so to be pushed out the second there's one decent restaurant is really appalling to me. And so I'm definitely in favor of direct action.
0: Our local city councilman, Brad Lander, along with his deputy chief of staff, Catherine Zeno, were also in attendance at this meeting.
4: I think it is worth during open studios
0: doing something here that calls attention and brings people together, but that's not gonna put any pressure on the new owners, they'll not be paying any attention. I have no idea who they are. Everyone won't tell us who they are. Nobody will tell us who they are. So it's like, you could rally in front of a building, but it's like rallying in front of a mirror, in my opinion. You know, it's Prospect
5: like- Realty, Prospect Management, okay. <coughs> Eastern Capital oh. Group, LLC, RNR right. Realty, 4R Realty, okay. Maserati Realty, Ribellino Family LLC. Okay. That's what we are dealing with. Okay. Well.
0: That's Mahalia Steins, another artist who has a studio in this building. She seemed to know a lot about the players in this real estate deal.
5: Ribellino Maserati why? for our R and R List the building, didn't sell it for hundred and one year. The building is listed as 128 9th Street. But in some legal papers, it's 94 9th Street, 98 9th Street, 75 10th Street, 75 A, B, C, and D. And 112 2nd Avenue, for the purpose of so-called fire department, laid out and whatever. Mm-hmm. But you're dealing with Eli Hamway. Is is he... yes. uh,
0: At this point, Mahalia is giving me a sign to stop recording. The legal identity of this building seems pretty complicated. And who is this Eli Hamway character? Does he work for these companies? It's beginning to be clear that all the people whose lives are being affected are just pawns in this game. It's like some targets is better than no targets. So, I mean, you don't have to have everyone or know exactly who's, you know, got exactly how much money in, I mean. Do we know where Mr. Rubelino's office is, or so Third Avenue, that red
5: building with the ceramics, just after the canal?
0: So that that's a better place to protest yeah. than in front of this building. Exactly. I mean, you oh, know, what about Eli Hamway?
5: Because he's the one who has he's the one who ultimately has control of the space now. Well, Eli Hamway took over exactly. he here for hundred and one years. So he's years. the one who's making the decision that runs around. Well, he's on the time. one who's forcing the decision oh. upon because some contracts was signed when nobody believed that this neighborhood was going to turn over.
0: In 2010, the Gowanus Canal was designated as a Superfund site by the Environmental Protection Agency. The city is finally being forced to clean it up. Ironically, the major real estate developments along the canal kicked off around the same time. Is the gamble that a 101-year lease will see the rezoning of this area to allow residential spaces? I can see that being very lucrative for the new leaseholder in the long run. The Gowanus Open Studios started that next Friday, October 17th, with a party at the Gemini and Scorpio loft space. There, artists gathered and marched to the building in order to draw chalk outlines to represent the evicted artists. There would be a protest on the corner of 9th Street and 2nd Avenue the next day before the Open Studios. Well, Radio Free Gowanus is a little late to the rally, however, I'm going to see if I can get some statements from people who are still outside. I see some slogans written on the wall here. There's still a small group of people. I see Keep Gowanus Creative. I see Stop Artist Evictions, which of course is the goal here.
4: So anyway, you hear my issue, send me something that addresses it, you know, I that's said, what I need. Like, yes. I, I am
0: not comfortable supporting something that to me is a fairly straightforward, uh, you know, that it wouldn't, won't survive challenge under that simple. At the protest, I again ran into Councilman Brad Lander, who was speaking to some people from an organization called the Artist Studio Affordability Project. But the conversation didn't seem to be going so well. And
2: we will keep pushing for it. Politely, of course.
0: Politely, politely, of but course. Firmly. No, no, no. That's your job. I, I, I don't have any objection. You know, I wanted to be able to do this today. And Thank you for coming. So uh, I appreciate your working with us to
4: enable us to make this something that could. amazing. You
2: know, All right. Well, hopefully, really we'll keep nice the to meet you. Going. Good. Good to meet you. Good. Okay. Nice to meet you. Yes. Thank
4: you. All right. Esther. Yeah, Adios. You are.
2: My name is Tamara Zahajkevich. I'm from Artist Studio Affordability Project. Jenny Dubnow, also from the Artist Studio Affordability Project. My
0: name is Grant Huang. I'm also with ASAP. Kirsten Theodos, Take Back
3: NYC.nyc. NYC.
0: It turns out they were talking about something called the Small Business Job Survival Act. I asked Jenny Dubnow from ASAP what the bill does. It
2: does three basic things. One, it gives you the basic right to renew your lease, which ab- unbelievably doesn't exist for any commercial leaseholder. That's why in this Gowanus building, the, the landlord is able to say to every single tenant, over 300 artists, I'm simply not renewing your lease. And he's well within his legal rights to do that because there's not even the right to renew. So the SBJSA, would give all commercial tenants the basic right to renew unless you're a criminal or you haven't paid your rent for a year but you have your basic right to renew one. Two, you would have, if you desired it, the ability to ask for and it would be mandated that the landlord would have to give you a 10-year lease extension which is a huge thing for any mom-and-pop store or artist you can't be moving every year you can't be relocating and rebuilding out your space every three years you just can't do it. In general, a lease has a built-in small percentage that increase every year, but it's on lease renewal the rents get jacked up, 40%, mm-hmm. double, you know, even 15%. That's a huge amount for a struggling artist or a small grocery store or bodega. Um, and then the third thing it would do it w- is, well, there are four things, actually. The third thing it would do is that if you feel your lease increase, rent increase is too high, the landlord and the tenant would go to mediation. If that didn't work, you could go to binding arbitration where you would have to come up with a compromise rent increase and we feel that in general that would dampen the skyrocketing of rents throughout the city. It's not a perfect solution. Commercial rent control would probably be the more perfect solution, but we're not there politically yet. The other thing this bill would do is it would ban under the table extortion, which I think is less of a problem for artists, but it's a big problem for restaurants and bodegas and storefront delis. spaces they, where the landlord says, yeah, I'll renew your lease. Give me $25,000 cash. It's, it's rampant. $50,200, $1 million. Right. Yeah. Right. So, you know, we're in a crisis, and, and we're at the point now where the city council has to step up. I mean, they say they love small business, and they say they love artists. Well, you know, little set-asides here and there is not going to do it at this point. I mean, all New Yorkers know that the arts are in a crisis and that even small business is in a crisis and we need sweeping policy change and that's where we need the city council to come up with something. If they're not going to support the SBJSA, fine, come up with something else, but we can't, the status quo doesn't work anymore because the city is being destroyed before our very eyes and I know that sounds dramatic, but I think all New Yorkers feel that way in every neighborhood in our city.
0: So the Small Business Job Survival Act protects the rights of commercial leaseholders from unscrupulous landlords demanding cash under the table and jacking up the rent at the time of renewal. This sounds like a good thing, right? So why doesn't Councilman Lander support the bill?
2: What's been happening with quite a few of the council members is that they raise these vague issues of legality of the Small Business Job Survival Act. And I think that simply giving... Commercial renters lease protection to put them on an equal footing with the landlords. It, in my just common sense tells you that there really should not be any major constitutional issues with that. And we know we know this is true because we've been hearing this as a talking point from certain council members, many of whom supported this bill in 09 and, and 2010. So suddenly they're saying it's unconstitutional. We feel like this is politics, and they don't want to fight the real estate board of New York, Redney, which is very much opposed to this bill. And I think that, you know, from 1945 to 1963, New York City had actual rent control, which was much firmer legislation than the SBJSA, where all commercial leases could only go up a certain percentage. That bill survived legal challenge after legal challenge after legal challenge. So we've, we, I don't think we're buying that the legality argument.
3: In 2009 this bill should have passed with 32 council members support. They had a unanimous support, the entire committee on small business. Um, in 2010, council member Lander was a sponsor of the bill. Evidently he didn't think it was illegal then. Now all of a sudden there's legal problems. Look, I mean, Jenny hit the nail on the head. This is about politics. This is about um, campaign funding. This is about jobs for New York, Rebney Super PAC. It's all of it. Um, but the bottom line is this. This is what the people want. The New Yorkers are the ones who vote, not Rebney.
0: Most of the members of the Real Estate Board of New York are real estate industry people. Many of these board members give generously to political campaigns. While Councilman Lander does not seem to be the direct recipient of such funds, it's clear that Rebney donates millions to the Democratic National Party. And it's possible that he and many other council members may be under pressure not to support this bill, since it clearly mitigates the power of commercial landlords. The rally was over, but it was time to start the annual Radio Free Gowanus broadcast for the open studios. I was hoping that my new neighbor in my own studio building, Gary Eckstein, a traditional stone sculptor, would stop by the station. He had just been evicted from his old space at the 9th Street and 2nd Avenue building and was moving this weekend instead of participating in open studios. But I was surprised by another person who came in at the same time. You are listening to the Eiley Brothers on RadioFreeGowanus.org and 88.5 FM here in the Gowanus area. I am joined here by uh, Michelle Gambetta and Gary Eckstein. Uh, And we're going to talk about art, art spaces, evictions. Michelle, why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, this project, Art Condo, that you're working on?
3: I've been working on it for the last three years. It's um, a project to help artists purchase space together, purchase buildings together, and then divide it into smaller spaces, which each person can own. Um, It's been inspired by looking at the city, looking at the changes in New York City, and... um, Real estate rental prices especially and then the last year or two just the rates of rent going up and the realization that artists often, artists in small businesses often rent two spaces and are twice as vulnerable to landlords and um, the rental model is a very lucrative model for people who own, per, who own commercial space, it's an asset, it has a lot of, kicks off a lot of passive income and whenever you rent you're basically vulnerable to landlords and I think that we're seeing how that's playing out for the arts community right now. Typically you can't buy commercial space in smaller parts. I've been working with a bunch of artists for a while. I have a certificate in real estate finance and investment. Mm -hmm. I work as a real estate broker. I'm coming from the arts and uh, I'm trying to create something that's the most affordable it can be within the market reality. Yeah.
0: Uh. Gary, you're actually my new neighbor here at 168 uh, 7th Street, but you were in this uh, building at 9th and 2nd.
4: That's right. I was in the in the building, which is subdivided into many, many art spaces, and uh, apparently someone uh, bought the building and decided that uh, they wanted to clear it out, and uh, many, many artists have uh, have Recently notified, and they're all on the street looking for new places, new yeah. studios.
0: What, was there anything that you could uh, could do to fight it?
4: Uh, you know, it doesn't seem like it. It was the you know we're all basically each floor I think is is rented out by an individual who then subdivides and sublet lets the studios out. And I mean, I know that my my landlord, my over tenant or whatever, was uh, negotiating to try to renew his lease and continue using the space as a studio space. But, you know, after many months, that just didn't happen.
0: I was pleased to have Michelle Gambetta, a real estate professional who was trying to do something good for artists, and Gary, an artist affected by developers, in one place. Gary had just said something really important, that he was subletting his studio from someone who had a commercial lease that was not being renewed. So there was literally nothing Gary or any other artist in that building could do about being kicked out of their space. They didn't have any legal stake in the commercial lease. But now the Small Business Job Survival Act started to make a lot of sense to me. If Gary's overtenant, the guy whose small business consisted of renting studios to artists, had the basic right to renew his commercial lease or at least take the new landlord to arbitration, this wouldn't be happening. At least not so quickly. Some artists in Gary's old building were banding together to try to rent larger spaces somewhere else. But I was interested in what Michelle was offering to artists as an alternative to renting.
3: Well, it's not simple and it's not straightforward. It, it is complex uh, because you need to be able to be in a position to purchase. You need to have... Uh, some cash basically Um, and so that's a a complication with the model as we're getting up and going because it's difficult to get a commercial mortgage and most people don't have a hundred or two hundred thousand dollars right so I'm just being very honest about it but if you did have that money you could put yourself into a position where you owned an asset which appreciated in time and you gained equity and you wouldn't be vulnerable because you would own your own space. Mm. And very much like people buy homes because they want to participate in the larger dynamic in New York City, which is a very, very strong real estate market, which tends to hold its value. Um, You know, we're looking at the bigger picture. We want to be trying to create additional ways for people to be able to buy, but we're starting from the bottom as a very grassroots project without any funding and so we want to find and we want to spread the word for people who are in that position to be able to jump in and join forces to buy a building you know and then you can own and it could be as big or as small a space as you want um you know but it's all about the numbers real estate is Very much all about the numbers what's happening in Brooklyn because I'm very aware of the market because I'm working in the industry is that so many building owners don't want to even give long-term leases like everybody thinks they own gold now (laughs) that's that's the deal with Brooklyn and that's even the Bronx like they own something that's so great it's going to appreciate they don't want to lock people in they don't want to necessarily give long-term leases they want it to be able to turn over landlords are all connected with the government. You don't think about it, right? But people war over land.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Real estate is land. And it's a very aggressive business. And on some level, as a renter, you're like many levels removed from the real hurly-burly of it. But when it comes down to it, you can be squeezed. You're just mm-hmm. like part of the, the system. But it's it's a relatively aggressive business. So. Trying to participate in it without being an asshole <laughs> is part yeah. of what I'm hoping, you know, that's the plan.
0: What, what's going to happen to the variety of culture that we have in, uh, for instance, Gowanus, if the, the real estate market keeps going the way that it is?
3: Well, maybe you'll end up being like Williamsburg. <laughs>
0: Which looks a lot like Soho, I've noticed, yeah. Yeah.
3: You know, with these art condo buildings, we're thinking about trying to figure out ways to limit them to creative people, so that it, you know, like Soho had a problem, like so many of those artists who bought in AIR buildings, then they got priced out, because people were able to sell for very high prices and brought in people who didn't want the real creative original artists. Mm
5: -hmm.
3: You know, to me, it's like a loss, like, it's obvious the city's becoming so generic Mm. and so big box and those are the people who can really pay the most rents luxury condos you know creative people know you can come in and make something beautiful you don't need to buy it beautiful
0: collective buying is one way of trying to compete with commercial developers but most of the artists i know don't have enough saved for something like that it's hard for me as an artist to imagine becoming a commercial leaseholder i have student loans i don't get paid a lot What are the rest of us supposed to do?
3: Yeah, and artists have to step up and become more political. If there's any, if we're going to change anything, we need the numbers. So it's going to take everybody.
0: It seems to me that part of what makes New York City a luxury destination is its arts and culture. I believe this is what backs up the value of luxury lifestyle, art, craftsmanship. No one wants to see a New York without artists, but artists have to stand up and make their voices heard because otherwise the type of people who wield millions in cash will drown them out and destroy their livelihood. To find out who your city council member is, go to council.nyc.gov and click who we are. Enter your address and borough and then click find my council member. Call them up and tell them that you're an artist and that you want them to support the rights of commercial leaseholders so that you don't lose your studio. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Radio Free Gowanus podcast. Broadcasting from the bottom of the canal, this is RFG, Radio Free Gowanus.org.